From the Florida Bar Studios in Tallahassee, this is Florida Bar News Briefs. I'm your host, Mark Killian. House Speaker Paul Renner, a Palm Ghost attorney, says he's supporting reforming sovereign immunity laws that shield government entities from civil liability. Jim Ash has more. Uh, That's right, Mark. But whether that breathes new life into stalled legislation remains to be seen. Renner said, quote, I don't think the government should have a right to hurt your kid in a negligent action and there's no recovery, whereas a private company can hurt your kid and pay reasonable compensation. Renner was answering a reporter's questions after a marathon floor session on Thursday. He stressed he was speaking only for himself, but his comments raised hopes for supporters of HB 569 by Representative Fiona McFarland, a Sarasota Republican. Lori Yeomans, Legislative Affairs Director for the Florida Justice Association, told the Bar News it was encouraging to hear that the speaker wants to take another look at what she called an antiquated claims bill process and the limits on what people can recover when they're victimized by government negligence. Among other things, the bill would double the 200000 per person and 300000 per incident caps on claims against government entities beyond which an injured plaintiff would have to obtain legislative approval through a claims bill to collect. Other provisions would permit local governments to negotiate settlements above the caps without legislative permission and bar insurance companies from tying payments to the passage of a claims bill. HB 569 cleared the Civil Justice Subcommittee 17 to 1 in January with Republican Representative Pat Maney, a retired Okaloosa judge, casting the dissenting vote. House Appropriations approved it 27 to 0 a few weeks later, but McFarland abruptly pulled it from the Judiciary Committee agenda last week before Chair Tommy Gregory, a Lakewood Ranch attorney, could attach litigation financing restrictions that he's sponsoring in a separate bill, HB 1179, the Litigation Investment Safeguards and Transparency Act, or LISTA, would bar investors from directing a lawsuit and recovering more than the plaintiff. Another provision that would require parties to disclose litigation financing agreements to opponents drew strong opposition from lawyers on both sides of the political aisle. It cleared Civil Justice Subcommittee 10 to 7 late last month after an intense debate. Renner called the move to tie listed as sovereign immunity reforms normal legislative jostling. A rewrite of a bill that would make sweeping changes to the Baker and Marshman Acts that govern the state's mental health and substance abuse laws passed the House Health Committee last week. Alexandra Glorioso has the details. Yeah, Mark, not only did the reworked bill that is now 122 pages long pass the House Health and Human Services Committee unanimously on February 15th, but it did so without a single question by lawmakers. Now that the measure has passed two panels in the House, it will head to the full floor for a vote. Instead, representatives praised retired Judge Pat Maney, a Republican from Shalimar, for his work on the legislation that has been his priority since he was elected to the Florida House in 2020. For instance, Representative Ralph Mazzullo, a Republican and physician from Lacanto, said Maney's, quote, passion for the issue was rooted in his personal experience on the bench. 
quote, and I know you've worked extremely hard on this bill and there's a lot of details in it, extremely full of details that will make life better for those individuals with mental health issues, their families and the providers, said Mazzullo during the committee. Maney told the committee that even after his substantial edit, he expected more changes before the measure reached the floor for a full vote. Here are some of the revisions between Maney's strike call that he presented on February 15th and the previous committee substitute approved by the House Health Care Appropriations Subcommittee on January 24th. First, the rewrite creates an Office of Children's Behavioral Health Ombudsman within the Department of Children and Families to become a, quote, central point to receive complaints on behalf of children and adolescents with behavioral health disorders, receiving state-funded services, and use such information to improve, quote, their mental health and treatment support system. The rewrite authorizes psychiatric nurses who are working with psychiatrists to obtain consent for treatment from a patient's guardian advocate document a voluntary patient's clinical record, order emergency treatment, and recommend involuntary services. The rewrite requires the department and the Agency for Healthcare Administration to provide data on children who undergo involuntary examinations and adults who are high users of crisis stabilization services to the Louis de la Parte Florida Mental Health Institute within the University of South Florida. The Institute will analyze the data for trends and recommend how to improve child services and avoid repeat adult admissions. Previously, this was the purview of the State Department and agency. The rewrite demands that for patients to qualify for involuntary outpatient treatment, they must, quote, be supported by a social worker, case manager, or a, quote, willing, able, and responsible individual appointed by the court who shall inform the court and parties if the respondent fails to comply with his or her outpatient program. Barney Bishop with the Florida Smart Justice Alliance, an organization seeking criminal justice reform, said in the Health and Human Services Committee that the most recent version was a, quote, great bill. Bishop said that while the bill isn't perfect, it's a step in the right direction. The legislature is poised to give county and city attorneys a public records exemption to protect against death threats and stalking. Roanne Batar has the details. The House voted 119 to 0 on Thursday to approve HB 103 by Representative Kristen Arrington of Kissimmee. The Senate companion by Senator Bobby Powell of West Palm Beach could come up for a final vote as soon as Wednesday when the Senate next goes to the floor. The bills would establish a public records exemption for county attorneys, assistant county attorneys, deputy county attorneys, city attorneys, assistant city attorneys, and deputy city attorneys and their respective spouses and children. The exemption would shield from public view information that could identify names, home addresses, telephone numbers, dates of birth, and photographs. It would also protect the names and locations of the schools and daycares attended by their respective children. In a statement of public necessity, the bills note that the attorneys are regularly involved in legal enforcement proceedings that have led to retribution and threats by defendants and other persons on numerous occasions. The bills are supported by the Florida League of Cities and the Florida Association of Counties. With an eye toward enhancing the provision of legal services to low-income Floridians, the Supreme Court last week approved a rule change that would expand the certified legal internship program. Jim? Mark, the court, acting on its own motion, amended Rule 11-1.8 that governs certified legal intern programs. 
The ruling notes the Supreme Court originally adopted the rule as a means of providing assistance to lawyers who represent clients unable to pay for legal services and to encourage law schools to provide clinical instruction in trial work of varying kinds. Quoting from the original rule, the justices said the change is intended to assist the avowed quest for experienced persons while affording protections to the public. More specifically, an amendment to subsection C extends the maximum term of certification from 12 months to 18 months. An amendment to subsection D expands a condition for termination of certification from a second administration of the next available Florida bar examination to a third. The revisions take effect immediately, but the order establishes a 90-day comment period that expires April 30th. All but one of the justices joined Chief Justice Carlos Muniz in the decision. Justice Jorge Labarga concurred in part and dissented in part. LaVarga says he agrees with the substance of the decision, but that he was concerned about the way the court adopted it, sua sponte, or on its own motion. LaVarga said there's little harm with the court adopting non-controversial amendments like this one on its own motion, but he was concerned that retroactive comment periods would discourage public input that he said is very valuable. For more on these and other stories of interest to the profession, visit floridabar.org slash news. Florida Bar News Briefs, the production of the Journal and News Department. For Roanne Batar, Alex Glorioso, Jim Ash, and our producer behind the glass, Jonathan Siegel, I'm Mark Killian.